0: Wow. Hi, everybody. Greetings. It's Roberta Fallon, and you're listening to Art Blog Radio. And we're here today with Hafez Kotain. Hi, Hafez. Hello. And Hafez did that amazing drum intro for us. Thank you so much. And we're sitting at Albustan Seeds of Culture in West Philadelphia. And thank you so much, Hazami, for having us in so that we can interview Hafez about drumming. And we're very interested in hearing more about. You being a percussionist, a master percussionist, a Pew Fellow, congratulations Thank on so all of those accolades that you've had. You. you teach as well as perform. Yeah. Everybody go to YouTube and look for Hafez Kotain, and you will see amazing drumming videos Thank of you. him doing things such as flipping his drum in the air and catching <laughs> it and not missing a beat. And so, very accomplished. Um, You've also played with uh, performers like Sting. That must have been amazing. Mandy Patinkin and the Philadelphia Orchestra. So we want to hear about your journey through drumming. Um, You said, and I've read on the Al Bustan site, that you started drumming at age seven. Correct. So tell us about your discovery of the drum. What was your first drum you laid your hands on?
1: Yes. So... The first drum I had, it was uh, uh, fish skin or cow, I remember. Uh, one of these two uh, it was uh, clay, made of clay. So not the metal that I have today. Clay uh, with clay, fish yep. head. That A was the head. head. They wow. used to tighten it. It's like they do it in, uh, in Africa as well. They will tighten the head and the skin. So it produced the sound. Uh... That was actually my first one. But the the thing, it took forever to purchase that drum uh, because I couldn't afford it. So basically, my drum used to be the table. used to be the spoon (laughs) with the the plate. Uh, But at the end, yes, uh, my sister did help a lot in purchasing that drum. Uh, So finally, I had my... I remember it's a blue color. Uh, They painted it. The clay. Yeah, it it was like light blue because... Blue, one of my favorite colors, by the way. So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, and I practiced a lot with that one. So, to, this, to say when I discovered that, it was my brother who noticed that, you know, I'm into rhythms. I'm always, you know, playing here and there. Uh, and then he talked to the music teacher at my elementary school, uh, you know, and she did help uh, bringing, like, the, some songs and saying, how would you play that rhythm? Uh, Show me how she'll bring a doom back from school and he'll show me how to play that So you know step by step uh, I wanted to know more and more and more and more and was like uh, very interested so and, you know.
0: we should situate this for everybody. You sure. are born in Venezuela, Correct. but you grew up in Syria. Correct. So at age seven, you would have been in Syria. That's right. Going to school yes. and studying drum with your teacher and right. practicing.
1: Well, right away, at, uh, we moved, I was probably four and a half from Venezuela. The family decided, my grandpa decided to take us back to Syria, you know, to learn the culture, the language, uh, to meet the family over there. And uh, I ended up right away being uh, not even a year after, I believe, uh, in uh, you know first grade. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even speak the Arabic because I was that little kid. You were
0: speaking Spanish. Spanish
1: to my family, uh, and you know they had my mom uh, had to put like Arabic teachers for private lessons, so so we can learn the Arabic right away. In my case, because forget you had to go it, I was to a school. little kid. Yeah. And. Uh, then uh, at seven, that's when I started like trying to, you know, produce sound in the drums and the here and there. I don't call it like uh, the teacher probably at the age of eight, uh, that percussion teacher, not the music teacher at school. Because I had like several ones, but the only one that really I like, consider him, like the one helped me a lot, his name is Hadi. Actually, we put it in the book. Mm-hmm. That was the one that polished what I learned. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of corrected me in like in a way, so don't play too loud here, correct it here, use the dumbag here, use the rick in the songs. And he was challenging me most of the time, you know, to use different instruments in the performance.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you were already performing? At
1: the age of nine, that was my first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Who did you perform? Was it at school?
1: Yeah. So we had what we called uh, the city band, uh, in the city where I was uh, living back then. Uh, you know, there's the young age band or orchestra, mm-hmm. and there is the big professional band. Mm-hmm. So, this band goes to TV, travels a lot as well. So that was my band. I remember, actually, I have a picture. The, I forget to bring it, so i show you. Uh, of
0: yourself at age 9. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I should send it probably. Um, it's in yeah, my Facebook it. page by the way. Okay. So you can uh, take a look at it. We were in white and black, I remember. And it's uh, that was my first performance, but that performing, that performance, I ended up being invited to perform with the
0: the grown-ups. The grown-ups. Wow.
1: Because they saw like how I'm playing. And it's funny that it was the bongos that I performed that night.
0: Bongos. Yes. That's the South American drumming. Exactly.
1: Uh, because I was good at it as well. Again, you know, I was trying to learn more instruments instead of just the Doomback or just the rick. I wanted to learn more. And, you know, it's the culture. It's it, the, the the biggest point, each instrument has its own history behind it. Yeah. So it has its own history behind okay. it. So if so, you bring a back,
0: uh-huh. uh, Let's talk about those yeah. drums. What is a dumbak?
1: So a dumbak basically... Uh, again, there are so many names for it. Okay. Uh dumbak it's the easiest, like everybody remember, or Darbuka worldwide. Mm-hmm. But in Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, we say Tabli or Darbaki. Uh, in Egypt, they say Tabla but not to confuse it with the Indian tabla. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so there's so many names. Uh, In the book, we put Dumbak, Darbuka, uh, Tabli, Tabla, so we use these names so everybody can learn more than only one name Mm. for the drum. So basically, it's a a classical and folk instrument, I will say, personally. That's my own opinion. Uh, Why? Because you can use it in folkloric, Songs, even wedding setup or hafla setup, which is party basically, and you can use it in uh, performances where you know you perform classical music, Arabic classical music, and there is the rhythmic cycle that makes it even more interesting.
0: So, is this controversial that some people think it's not both, it's not folkloric and classical, it's one or the other?
1: Some people see that Dumbak. And right away they see the belly dancer next to it, because let's not forget that connection Because basically the percussionist most of the time uh, It's known, but I try to, you know, uh, not correct it, but explain it in a different way Uh, They feel like the percussionist will show his or her knowledge Mostly with the, uh, the belly dancer, because what happened now she is doing what we call the shimmy, and here is the drummer doing, or the percussion doing The drum roll, or oh, there is this sound So she's moving her hips Or oh, lately he is moving his hips as well, so that we have dancers He or she, professional belly dancers So the way I explain it Or they have the wedding, when they think of a dumba, oh, where is the wedding tonight? Because most of the time you will not see a rick in a wedding you will see the dumbak and you will see that one, which is the tabl. It's the big, uh, and it is the loudest instrument in, uh, in the Arabic percussion. So, these two, most of the time, when you talk about them, do you think, okay, it's in the wedding, where is the hafla today? Yeah, where is the loudest, which is wedding, basically. Uh, but then, no, I started explaining that you can use it in classical music, you can play rhythmic like the samai, which is the 10 8, 10 notes in that uh, measure. We count 1, 2, 3, all the way to 10. And you play the down beaters or the dooms in 1, 6, and 7. Can you uh,
0: give us an example of this? Yes.
1: So I'm going to play it first and then I'm going to play it and count it. Yeah, so we're going to go like that. Here we go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. or with belly dancer, we call it maxum. So right, right away you'll feel the difference, atmosphere. You, you feel like moving more when I play it, which is this one. So definitely this is not a classical rhythm or beat or iqa we say in Arabic. Uh, this is the rhythm that you hear in weddings with belly dancers with upbeat music, Dancing. fast music. Yes. Yeah, fast songs or melodies.
0: Uh-huh, cheerful. Yeah. It, yeah. I can't get over how you're smiling so much. you. Thank have you. <laughs> so much joy. Because I love it.
1: I, I, this is, you have to love what you do. Otherwise, you cannot be successful. This is the main line, the bottom line. That's it.
0: That is such good advice yeah. to everybody. Yes. You have to love what you do.
1: Yes. And learn a lot. See, you are never perfect. We all make mistakes. So, I put it in what I do. I'm always trying to learn something. Compose. This is one thing. Like when I wrote the books, when the student learned the books, as well, after meeting them, I write because I take their energy and their knowledge, how much they can take from me, and I put it into percussion solos or compositions. And here you go. Let's have fun. We're going to play this one. And the first reaction is like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? But then... Step by step, they'll be amazed and, and you know at the results at the end when they perform. Oh my God, look how we did this. So this is what I look for.
0: So let's talk about the books. Because yeah. I, for one, am not... I don't know about percussion instruments. Yeah. And so I didn't even understand whether right. there was musical notation written for the drum. Definitely. And so you have books. You've written books. You've yes. got for your students...
1: So, So we have book one and book two, uh, what we call the uh, volume two, volume one, Arab Percussion Method. I start from zero, basically. Uh, Nobody must be a professional. Actually, it's always, uh, I feel like uh, even if you don't have any knowledge, uh, it's even better because, you know, you you get me... Learning a lot, but step by step. What I mean with that, I didn't want to write a book which is 100, 200, 300 pages, because we all know, everyone will open page number 100 right away. So this is basically the way that, you know, I found it's the easiest for them. We start from the basics, like the doom sound. What is that doom? Basically, the main and most important sound in Arabic percussion, it produces the low pitch sound. So you can even feel the vibration when you play it. Mm. Uh, then we have the tack, which is a high pitch or upbeat. We play it at the edge of the drum with the tips of the finger. Or left hand tag, Or two hand tack. Or an attack. So you find all this in page number two. That's the, that's the idea, which I call lesson one. And now I introduce them to the rhythmic tree, which is they will know the whole note, half note, quarter note, eighth note, up to sixteenth. I do want to go farther, because that will be so fast, and that will be in future books, hopefully. Then, more exercises at the end. There is a solo composition. They will all perform and have fun with it. We have solo one and solo two. This is uh, in book one or book two. That's where we are kind of, okay, the highest level in the book. And by get, before they even get to that level, they know the whole notations before. So I'm always asking them questions. Okay, let's go to page number nine. Even though they passed that page, they already way beyond that, just to refresh their memories. So yes, we do have uh, percussion notations. Back, they they didn't even use that notation.
0: Back in history?
1: Yes, they didn't even have that notation. It used to be like a circle for the doom, a dot for the tag. It, it, it's funny the way uh, even... To mention, I studied uh, the downbeat instead. You know, each note head, as I, as I explained, it has like uh, at each um, uh, note, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, has the note head, which is like our body. Mm-hmm. We have our head, and the stem is basically your body. Your body. It's the stem is going down, which is your downbeat going down. That's your doom. Now, some, a lot of books in the Middle East, they had the opposite. Mm. They are written the opposite. The way even I studied it. But when I came to uh, Philadelphia, to the United States, I noticed that to the Western musicians it's easier, that it's obvious. Uh, the downbeat is the doom, the upbeat is the tap. So, and the stem goes down, the stem goes up.
0: So that's a cultural difference that exactly. you saw. Exactly.
1: And we decided to go this way. Of course, I checked with uh, a lot of percussionists to see. Uh, you know, if that's the way they understand it, and definitely was a go-go thing, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I mean, you you bring uh, marimba percussionists that play marimba or, or timpanis, you give them uh, my book, and they will be able to use it. Now, if we use the old-fashioned one, they'll be confused. Huh. Okay, if that's a downbeat, why the stem is going up? This is the first question I had. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where same. I become with this method,
0: yeah. So, since you've been talking about your students and the books and whatnot, what are the ages and who comes to your classes And at Al-Bustan? Talk about that.
1: Right. So basically, we start from five years old at our summer camp.
0: That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Five uh, is very young.
1: Yes. And they very cute and they're very smart. And I learn a lot from them. Just really? So I have to mention. I must mention that. Because, see, when I have them, let's talk about the summer camp for a little bit. When I have the students, um, I always have something ready before but most of the time i correct and i add and i take off parts from the percussion medley percussion solo they gotta perform because again they become the composer because i always ask them what would you like to put in this section do you want to change this melody rhythm and put for example uh, a maxum or a malfouf so it's a lot that they want to learn and teach at the same time And I use a strategy where they become the teachers, where I invite some of them, could be three or two. Uh, A lot of them, they are shy in the beginning, but they, you know, they start teaching them, teaching the others what they learned. Now, uh, it goes up to, you know, as soon as you can handle drumming, you are welcome to join. But starting is five years is the, the age we use, yeah.
0: That's great. And you have a new class starting, I believe, for community yes. drumming? Yes. So, so that's starting
1: September 18th. Okay. Uh, we have uh, 6 to 6.45 for beginners, then we have uh, 6.45 to 7.30 uh, for uh, returners or intermediates. So those who took my class before, mm-hmm. they come back and will continue. So and some of them finish book one, they can start book two in this case, and there is a new call and response, there is a new composition that I wrote.
0: Call and response. Oh yes. So you divide the group and yes. some does one
1: okay, yes. set Correct. and another group does And most the of the other. time, uh, as well, I use where I call them and they answer me. There is the one that I call my signature call and answer. It's where they play a doom and attack twice after uh, my call. So my call will be this. One they do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so there is like three, four parts in that one. Uh, I wrote four call and responses so far. It takes a lot of time. Uh, composing is not easy, of course. Uh, you need to be prepared and ready. Uh, so many times you write it, then no, no, I don't want to do that. It takes a lot of patience. Time. Yeah, and patience. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's exactly the, the, the part of it. They learn from the book. They compose with me. We have call and response, and we have, uh, um, you know, dividing the group, answering each other. And as well, the most important thing the background and where they come from. So you have, you know, somebody coming from Palestine, and somebody's coming from a different country, somebody's coming from Philly, the other, we had people coming from New Jersey to us in the past. Wow. So, yeah, yeah.
0: That's so, great. Yeah. So you're you're weaving together all these people into a community drumming group. Correct. That's Correct. cool. And do you play out? Do you perform with the groups? Yes. Sometimes uh, we had a performance. We always
1: uh, perform when you know at the end when they basically get to that level. Uh, we had a performance where I brought actually a couple uh, guest artists with me. Uh, that was back in April 27. Hmm. So we called it an evening with world percussion with Hafiz Kotein and friends. So basically I had about uh, 60 to 70 students on stage playing together. Wow. I wrote for each uh, group a uh, different uh, composition. And at the end they all answered my call. Uh, that
0: must have been thunderous. Yes. What there kind was, of space were you in? So
1: we, we did perform at uh, Trinity Center for Urban Life. It's like mm-hmm. our home for performances. We love them, and we appreciate the hub as well. And that night, uh, we had guest artists, uh, you know, Jim Hamilton on drums. We had a Korean percussionist,
0: Korean.
1: Uh, Hyun Jin Cha, and we have African percussionist, Terrell Johnson. So... It was amazing to put them together. I mean, right there you have, uh, you know, African percussion. Jim Hamilton, he's famous with Brazilian uh, and jazz style. He traveled all the world as well. And uh, Hyun Jin Cha, she's, uh, everybody know her. She's a Korean percussionist, very talented, and she's a great teacher as well.
0: So did you improvise together, or how did that work? You well, had a piece of music that you wanted to play? We did rehearse.
1: Uh, we did talk. Uh, the rehearsal was um, a lot of fun because we basically talked more than playing. And we did have a lot of improvisation. Again, you know, when you want to show, uh, we go back to loving what are you're doing. Uh, reading is more concentration uh, in the notes uh, uh, than feelings most of the time, to be honest with you. I mean, you can mix them. Uh, but then improv, it's uh, where the fun starts, and where, you know, you're challenging yourself as well. Okay, what am I going to add in here? And how the Korean drum will answer the djembe, which is African percussion, and how the djembe will answer the rick, or the frame drum, or the dumba. Uh Jim Hamilton wrote cajon, which is from Peru, and a lot of cymbals, and a lot of what we call percussion toys, and he was just giving us these rich sounds, You know, uh, so yeah, it was a great night, and, uh, you know, I'm always honored to show my students and what they learn, you know, remember, their family will come, their family will watch them all over the world with all this disaster and sadness happening, Uh, we still can, you know, have some fun and and happiness and put these different cultures together Together. through our
0: instruments, Yeah, you know. No, it seems like that's what your mission is. Exactly. Your mission-driven person. Yes, Yes, that's why I always tell them.
1: Yeah. Everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't care, to be honest with you personally, where you're coming from, and I just want to help you, uh, you know, to understand what I do, and uh, their self-esteem. I had a student at John Moffitt Elementary School, uh, that, you know, I, his, his doctor came and thanked me in class, because he was going to therapy, And, you know, behavior, listening uh, was a a big problem. Uh, Then, you know, I noticed this kid, I I, I met him, at uh, he was in third grade. Uh, And, you know, I noticed his love for the drum. Mom came to me, she said, Mr. Hafez, I cannot afford to buy this drum, but can I buy this for him? I said, yes, you know, just bring it. Uh, You know, slowly I noticed that he's listening uh, in a better way, he's behaving better. He started like, can I play it, Mr. Hafez, can I play this rhythm? Very excited. And a couple months, you know, the doctor just come to the classroom, and, you know, he's like, I just want to thank you. He's doing way better. He's listening to me. He's listening to mom, you know, his behavior. He want to learn more from me as well. So, you know, this is what keeps me going. These kind of important, very important facts.
0: Yeah, kids need structure, but they also need... Um, to be told they're
1: good. Exactly. You have to. You have to. And again, we come back to learning from them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, all of us, each one of us, we have that kid inside of us. All of us. So, uh, you know, when, when, you know, you know, there is a saying, uh, you know, oh, you are a man that you should not cry, for example. Well, no, it's it's that kid inside of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, as a, myself, I didn't have like that kid uh, or childhood uh, years, you know. I probably saw so, you know my dad probably two or three times, because he was in Venezuela, then we moved to Syria, then he used to come just say hi. Uh,
0: oh, dad stayed behind in Venezuela yeah, when yeah. the family moved? Exactly. Oh my goodness. You know, because
1: he needs to continue working, then help us mm-hmm. in Syria, then yeah, because mm-hmm. the school and all this stuff going on. Uh, so when I see the kids, uh, you know, I try just to help them, because I, I see myself, I remember, and I tell them, you guys, for example, the schools are giving you the drums you're so lucky, you know, and I told them the story when I couldn't even buy the drum in Syria. And again, my sister had to basically sell a piece of jewelry to purchase the drum. Oh, that's why that's you so see, sweet. Yeah, she is. yeah, so, uh, and I always mention that. She's like, "Don't say that. I'm like, "No why, I should." because <laughs> she did help me. I could have never bought that drum, you know. But then that because of what she did, I started working. And I start bringing some income as well. You know, helping the family. family.
0: Of course. That's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's another thing I tell the student. If you want to go deeper, they can always take private lessons. They can always, you know, become learn a lot, a lot. If they want to, you know, go and perform. That's another, uh, you know, way to approach it. If they want to make some extra income as well. But they need to study a lot. Yes, and work hard. Yes, work hard.
0: So... Tell the story of how you wound up in Philadelphia, because it's not a natural fit. How did you wind up here?
1: Yeah, so, uh, uh, well, uh, the beginning is going to be a little uh, sad, but I'm going to go fast. But uh, I had a brother in Philadelphia, uh, Daniel, Anwar Daniel. Uh, So, you know, he was living here, and he used to travel uh, to study. But, you know, to make the long story short, he passed away in 1998, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I had the visa uh, to come to the U.S. So that was my first sad trip that I never forget, where I had to come here and, you know, see him for the last time. Uh, But we used to talk a lot, and he used to always tell me, Hafez, you have to come here. Uh, My brother, he was like... um, uh, I call him my angel, so he, he always look for my best uh, He want me to do like uh, You know just the best not the best for me in a way like oh, I want to become better It's just to teach as well what I do so he said listen you have to be here. This is the country where you want to be uh, I, I see a lot of people they love Arabic music I hear the Arabic music in the cars while I'm walking uh, there is Arabic community in Philadelphia so we made a deal, I said, okay, I will come and, and, and to you in January of 1999, how about that? Because it was, uh, back then it was March of 1998, but June 24th, I remember, uh, he called me, uh, you know, to say, how's everything? So you're getting ready? Because we're already in June. I said, yes, yes, I promised you that January I'm going to be there. So actually he moved to a bigger apartment and he already prepared my room. And everything Uh, you know but destiny life you know we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow they end up calling me Thursday Uh, you know I believe it was a Thursday the 25th of June saying that he passed away but you know then I came here I went back to Venezuela I had to go see my mom that was my last trip in 1998 to Syria and the family and you know I couldn't just feel good being in Venezuela. I said, no, I made a promise to Daniel, I have to come here, to Anwar. And, you know, I decided, that's it, I want to do that. And I ended up coming here to Philadelphia, it wasn't easy, I used to come, then go back to Venezuela, then come back, and uh, you know, destiny, I, I heard of al they heard of me, we met each other, and I said, you know what, this is this this is this is what exactly what I want, uh, you know. It's an important organization, we teach the Arabic culture, we teach the art, we teach the music, we teach, uh, like from anyone can come to us and learn the language, the art, the music, they can sing in Arabic as well, they can write, read, perform, so, you know, and it has been more, I don't want to say the number, how many years, but more than 10, 11 years with al and again, I'm honored to be with them,
0: yeah. it's wonderful yes that's a great note to end on thank you so do you want to play us out with some drumming
1: yes I would like to just play a little bit the rick to end it yes so I people can hear the rich sound from the rick it's one of the hardest instrument by the way okay because it required a lot of movements in the fingers and we have the sound of sanjat we say in Arabic which are the jingles so
0: Thank you so much. much. I've been speaking with Hafiz Kotain at Al Bustan Seeds of Culture in West Philadelphia. Thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.